Hey now, what's going on? Welcome back, or good morning, or good afternoon. It depends where you are. I am smack dab in the middle of SoCal. Hour number two, it's a three-hour program. I am Jim Rome. Great to be with you. All right, your telephone number, as you know, is toll-free, 1-800-636-8686. We will hit those phone calls a little bit later on. But as promised, we start hour number two by having a conversation with a cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. He is now in his seventh NFL season. He was a pro bowler in 2021. On this season, 67 tackles, seven of them for a loss. He's got three INTs. The Colts hit their bye week at 5-5. Five and five. They're going to host Tampa Bay next Sunday. We are joined by Kenny Moore II. He joins us via Zoom. In fact, Kenny, great to have you on. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks dude. for having me. Good. Great to have you. Great to have you. Appreciate it. Listen, you've won back-to-back games to get to 500. So I'm curious, how's that bye week treating you? And then how are you feeling about your team overall two weeks into November? Uh, I think we're we're hitting our stride just in time, uh, having the two games that we, we were able to make it even. Here in the season, uh, Bobby came at a perfect time. I feel great. Uh, I feel healthy. Uh, with the team, we just want to build the momentum uh, going forward with the seven-game stretch that we have to uh, end the regular season. We just want to be uh, in good standings. You can't even wonder about that, right? Like, it's not that you have any control over when that bye comes. So, on the one hand, it's always nice to get that rest and recovery. But, like you said, you had some momentum. You won back-to-back games. So, would you rather be playing right now, or is the rest and recovery more important? Uh, rest and recovery is important. I'm a guy that likes to just keep going. Um, but I, every guy is different. Every guy is different in, in what we uh, all want within the season, within about a week, uh, whether, whether that comes, you know, first seven weeks of the season, first five, whatever it is. Uh, sometimes we have a, a late bye week, uh, week 14. Um, it, it's all random shuffle, as you know. So uh, right now it is a perfect time. We do. Like any other team, you know, you have guys banged up, so you, you definitely want to uh, rest and get off your feet and uh, honestly just being able to recharge and refocus. I would imagine you want to rest, get off your feet, heal your body up, and also rest your mind a little bit. At the same time, I hear what you're saying when you're saying you're one of those guys who wants to keep going, especially given the way you've played of late. Two weeks back against the Panthers, you set a Colts franchise record by housing two picks. Rare enough to have a single pick six in a game. What kind of a zone were you in that day to turn that trick twice? I mean, I'm just trying to be in the best position as possible to uh, make the play count. Uh, play doesn't have a name on it. So whenever the play presents itself, you just want to be in the best position to uh, give your team the upper hand. Um, I see two. I saw two chances that game to to really take advantage of the moment. And I did. And uh, I, I wasn't really processing, you know, what was going on. I was just trying to strain as best as possible to score those touchdowns, to get those turnovers, to, to make the most of the opportunity. Listen, I understand that. I hear exactly what you're saying, right? You just want to put yourself in the best position. You want to react when you see something. But I'm curious, like, did you get ready for a game like that? Is there anything you saw in the film in the week leading up to that game? Did you have any kind of premonition that you were going to go out and go off the way you did? Or is it just like you said, just snap in the moment? I just saw the ball and went and got the ball. Uh, Preparing for that game, just like a lot of games, I feel like, you know, this could be my moment. This could be uh, a really good week to to display my God-given ability and, you know, my my hard work and skill that I put into my craft each day. So, uh, yeah, uh, preparing for that game, I thought it would be very good to uh, put up a good display. 
Kenny Moore is joining us. Another reason, like anytime you go out there, it ends up on film. You always want to look at it on film, but how much better is it that you had your family in the house? Three of your six sisters made that trip from Georgia to Charlotte for that game. So what was it like to have one of your best games of your life in front of your family and be able to share it with them? A uh, wholesome moment. Wholesome moment. Uh, I value a lot of uh, good moments um, with my family. Uh, my mom was on a cruise uh, so she was at she she missed the Germany and she missed the uh, Carolina game. But uh, my sisters definitely made um, the moment count. It was a moment that we can all share together. Uh, and I and I'm pretty sure it'll be something that we can all talk about and, you know, relive the moment. Uh, it's, it's not one of those moments where you, you know, I go back and tell them you, you just had to be there or I wish you guys were, were there. So uh, this is a moment that we can all uh, relive, relive again and again. And uh, it was very wholesome, very wholesome. It, I, I just felt like it was more, it was bigger than myself. Uh, whenever I look up and see see them, you know, screaming at me and then me screaming at them and like uh, seeing my nieces up there in the stands, it's, it's something that um, we'll never forget. That's a, that's a life moment. That That's awesome. You're right. You don't have to say, I wish you had been there because they were there. So you'll always have that. I want to remind Kenny, those who don't know your background, the fact that for you even to be in position to have a historic game like that is a direct reflection of your commitment, of your grind. Remember, you were undrafted after being a Division II All-American at Valdosta State. You signed with the Pats, didn't make their final roster. You wind up with the Colts, and you're doing everything you possibly can to stick, including playing on special teams. And yet, here you are, seven years later, and you and I are having this conversation. I'm curious, what feels more more intense to you right now, proving doubters wrong or proving those who believed in you right? I've always wanted to live um, proving those around me right, uh, proving to my loved ones that um, you know, the belief that you have in me, uh, and the belief that I have in myself, um, is, is all we need. Um, people are going to talk about you good or bad. And, uh, you can't really hang your hat on those, those doubters, those, those naysayers. Um, because if you get too lost in the sauce, if you get too lost into, you know, what everybody else think of you, I feel like you will, you will forget your own identity. You'll forget, um, your real purpose. So, um, it, it helps me stay sane. It helps me stay uh, to myself and uh, just stay the same uh, throughout all the years of success, failures or whatever it is, because um, I know uh, exactly who I'm doing it for. And uh, it's all for the better good. You know your why. What an amazing journey it's been, too. And it's not over yet. Kenny Moore, the second joining us. Kenny, before we go, let me ask you about a couple of your teammates. Like everybody else, I've got immense respect for Zaire Franklin. I know the dude makes this particular show better every time he comes on. So I'm curious, what's it like to share a locker room with this guy? And then how much does the rest of the defense feed off his play and his leadership and his energy? You know, we we have some great guys in the locker room when it comes to being a leader, when it comes to working hard. When it comes to being consistent and uh, playing the game the right way, and Zaire is one of those guys where you can just count on him as a teammate and as a person and as a man to you know take care of business. Uh, this is a guy that has worked and worked and worked each day. Um, I've seen this guy come into you know the league and you know as a rookie and, and being a special teamer and obviously being the guy that he is right now and. and you know, we can all see the type of player that he's growing into each day, each game. Uh, it's something that you can just respect. And, uh, yeah, uh, 
the locker room definitely feeds off this guy. He talks before every single game, you know, on the field, preparing for the game. And uh, he, you know, he prays for the defense. He prays for the offense, uh, you know, as we we get together before each game. So uh, it's, a, it's definitely a guy that, you know, we all lean on to to be there. And so, you know, having him at the games, having him in the huddle, uh, making sure everything is dialed in, uh, Zaire is the perfect guy for that. Great, great player, great leader, great teammate. Hey, Kenny, you mentioned the offense. Let me ask you, you know what they say, right? Better to stay ready than to get ready. Would that describe Gardner Minshew, who was forced into the starting lineup when rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson was lost for the season? And then how do you think he's done in taking the reins of the offense? I think he's doing a great job. Um, I mean, I, I've had a history of playing Garner whenever he was with Jacksonville. So I don't think this is any surprise with him. He's a he's a even kill person. Uh, he's very uh, humble. He's very hardworking. He's to himself, and he doesn't make the moment bigger than what it already is. Uh, he knows he's the, the starting quarterback for a franchise that, you know, is, is definitely dependent on him to, you know, um, not have any drop-offs. So uh, he's doing a great job for us, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does for the rest of the season. Hey, Kenny, I'm curious. Hey, help me with this. Like, you see a guy like that. He, his personality, like, he's fun. He's a little bit different, right? A little bit different. I'm curious, what do guys respond to most of all? Like, will guys want to follow? And quarterback is different than any other job, really, in sports. Do guys follow other guys into battle based on their charisma and personality? How much of it is that? And then how much of it is they're going to follow guys into battle who make plays? I think it's more so guys follow guys who love ball. Um if that makes any sense. I I think if you show me that, like, you're here to win, you're here for the right things, you're here for uh, to to win football games and you're intentional about your job, I think that's all I need, you know, personally uh, to see is that, you know, you're bought in and you're ready to win. So uh, whether your personality is like mine or, or, or like someone else's, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, it just matters if, you know, you're in it for the right things. Not only does that make sense to me, I think that's actually kind of an inspiring response. I think you could apply that to any walk of life, right? Any walk of life, any job, any work, any passion. You know, if you love, insert whatever it is, and you're intentional about your work, people are going to follow you. They're going to gravitate to you. I totally understand what you're saying. Let me ask you one last thought. Like this notion of you got to love ball. At that level, are there guys talented enough to play and stick and have success in that league without loving ball? Is that possible? I think you will slowly see guys fall short or fall by the wayside who don't love ball. And and I feel like you'll be able to see, um, you know, what guys are really in it for. So uh, whether they're in it for um, what ball can bring them or can provide for them or they really love ball because um, they really have this passion and love that they've kept since, they're, since they were a kid. And so I think it's best if you have a – you know, in a workforce where, you know, everybody have good chemistry, uh, it's good teamwork, and uh, everybody just love what they do and let the results handle handle itself. Um, I think that's a better workplace than being in a workplace where it's results driven. And um, I I think you can definitely see the difference in, you know, teams who win or lose, um, teams who have uh, good chemistry or bad chemistry. Um, it, It all show um, everything that's done in the dark, it'll come to light. And so uh, I think with those small details, it'll 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 make the bigger picture. So let's walk it off on this. Clearly, you love ball. That's very clear to me. What do you love most about it? I think what I would take 
take away from ball uh, that I love so much is the camaraderie. Um, I think the Colts have done a great and tremendous job of building the locker room uh, filled with guys who love ball. And, you know, we do our best to, you know, have the the chemistry and the ties to each other to go out there and uh, count on each other whenever the, the, the game, the, the moment presents itself. So, um I think the camaraderie aspect, you know, being a DJ on uh away game, playing rides back uh to Indianapolis, or um just us doing stuff on every Thursday night, you know, watching a football game, you know, whether it's at, you know, each other's house or uh at a restaurant here in town. Um it, it's just, it's the small things that matter the most. Kenny Moore the second joining us, dude. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you letting us inside the helmet, man. That's some really good insight. That's fun. Thanks so much for doing it. I know it's your bye week. I appreciate that. Good luck next week. And it's always good to talk to you, Kenny. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Take care. Yes, good sir. Good to always talk to you. You too, dude. Great talking to you. Really appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate the journey. Appreciate the insight. What a solid, solid dude. Really good player. Really good teammate. I, I love guys like that. We're talking about an undrafted free agent who didn't stick, went to Indy, did what he had to do seven years later. Seven years, right, Alvy? Jungle Tourette's. Anyway, what I'm saying is seven years later, still in the league, playing at a high level, making plays. That's fun. Good stuff. And they are five and five. Thank you, Alvin. All right, still ahead. I've got the big head. James Kelly licking some wounds from last night, but... Nothing sticks to that guy. He'll be fine. He's always a little bitter. That's kind of his charm. He's angry. He hates most things. That's charming, right? People who hate most things. Don't you want to be around people who hate most things? Big Head is the rare example. He's going to join me at 1040. Top of hour number three, Sheldon Rankins of the Texans. You know I'm talking Texans ball. They're thinking playoffs. That also will be a Zoom call. Gave you the latest news regarding Michigan. Take your thoughts on that. Bengals fan, how you feeling right now? You got to be really nervous. As you wait to find out how bad that wrist injury is. And then the second tier of that is, when did they know? The NFL is investigating whether or not the Bengals knew and didn't report it. But to me, the bottom line is, how badly hurt is this guy? How much time is he going to miss this time? Because if he misses any time, any period of time, Their season is already over. All of that's still ahead. And as I mentioned, this notion of the rage room. Have you heard about these rooms and what goes on inside these rooms? Get on the phone. You know what's going to become a rage room? This room. This studio will be the next rage room if I don't get a good phone call. 1-800-636-8686. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So Michigan man is starting to come in, starting to trickle in slowly. One or two are actually owning it, but not Jaworski. Jaworski is just coming with excuse after excuse after excuse. My man, I'm going to protect you from yourself and not let this see the light of day. I mean, you can do what you want on your platform. I can't censor you. I don't even care. I don't even care. Just know that... You're not going to get anybody to go, oh, Jaworski, why didn't you say so? Now I get it. You're right, Jaworski. I was wrong. 
That's not coming if that's what you're looking for. In fact, dude, I, I'm actually the bigger man. I'm going to save you from you and not read this nonsense on the air for everybody to hear. I, you're welcome. You're welcome. Apology accepted, and you're welcome. See, I'm like that, man. I'm a good dude. I'm picking you up. I'm helping you out. Quit digging, bro. Put the shovel down. Put the shovel down, dude. At T. Mellon 615 writes, As a Michigan fan, what upsets me most is that this scheme was amateur and utilized spyglasses dude bought at Spencer's next to the cans of fart spray. If you're going to go rogue, do it better. See, I, I respect that so much more than the nonsense that I'm hearing from Michigan, man. This guy's like, yo, man, if we're going to cheat, let's cheat. If we're going to cheat, let's do it smartly. Let's not get caught. Romy, say it yourself all the time. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. And so only cheating if you get caught. This guy's like, come on, man. If we're going to do this, let's do it the right way. I mean, if the men of Michigan are going to cheat... They need to cheat like Michigan men. In a way that would make Michigan man proud. In a way that is befitting of Michigan man's education. Why do I say that? Right around that time, Jaworski started blowing us up. There was some other moron who hit me up with, yeah... Hey, Rome, sorry that your kids got into Boulder and Wisconsin. Sorry we can't help you with that, Rome. So now you're dragging my kids and you're throwing your diploma around. All right, fine, Michigan man. Finest institution in the land. If you're going to cheat, cheat in a way that is befitting that of that grand education. Wooden Laconic writes, Jim Harbaugh is just like the steroid-era baseball players. All he's missing is that Rafael Palmero finger wag. War cheering for anyone but Michigan this college football playoff. I have never hey. used steroids, period. I do not know how to say it any more clearly than that. Never. The reference to me in Mr. Canseco's book is absolutely true. Can I run that back one more time? I I miss doing that. That was fun. I have never used steroids, period. I do not know how to say it any more clearly than that. Never. The reference to me in Mr. Canseco's book is absolutely true. Thanks, Raph. You know, the thing is, you can say he wrote war cheering for anyone but Michigan in this college football playoff. You know, Michigan, man, I know you. You're still in your mind, and you might be right. You may get the last laugh. You can still win that natty. You can still punch Ohio State in the face. And by the way, Ohio State, how badly, how bad would that look? If the Michigan man is not on the sideline and they do you again, how bad is that going to look? I mean, could you imagine Sharon's reaction if they punch Ohio State in the face? Without, I mean, if this is the way he was acting prior, what if they get Ohio State again? My man will be hysterical. Can you imagine? What's the over-under on F-bombs and tons of water? For this university, the president. Oh, man, I can't wait to see it. Michigan, man, that's the thing. 
That's the thing. You literally are actually beating the rap because you're still eligible for all these things. Unless the NCAA, which we know takes its sweet time, unless they come in and they hammer you again. And you weren't hammered anyway. It's incredible. This dude's been suspended for six games, two separate situations, and they still could win a natty. They could still accomplish everything they set out to do. Manny SK writes, born and breed Michigan. First of all, dude, you met born and bred. How many of you Michigan men didn't actually attend that school? I I can't believe the grammar from Michigan man. If it's the best school ever, and you're going to drag my kids for not getting into a school as good as your school, why is your grammar so horrible? Born and bred, not born and breed. Born and breed. Born and breaded. Born and breed, Michigan. Wait, well, you mean you're, you're still breeding? Did I get that wrong? Are you, are you breeding Michigan kids? Born and breed, Michigan. If we did something wrong, which it's looking like, then we should be punished and coach be gone. Go blue. That's the closest thing to accountability I've heard yet from Michigan man. Brian's back for more. All right, guys, huddle up. This isn't about offense or defense or, heck, even a we-fence. It's about a me-fence. Signed Harbaugh to his lawyers. There's no offense. There's no defense. It's, it's right, a so we-fence. A number of you have, have hit this one up. Ed Captain Photo asks, hey, Jim, what if Uncle T is Tom Brady? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Would that not be great? So you've got stallions. You've got Uncle T, the booster. Dan Wetzel already confirmed that Uncle T is not bacon face. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Dude, w- never mind funding it. Find me one Stupid thing rule. in football richer than Tom Brady, of all people, teaching them how to cheat. That was f***ing awesome. Perfect, Alvin. Perfect drop. What would be more perfect if Uncle T really were Tom Brady and he was teaching his beloved alma mater how to cheat after he cheated with the Patriots? (laughs) Deflategate. Incredible. If something seems too good to be true, generally it is. Oh, man, would that be something? Just like we drew it up. Dan Wessel already confirmed it's not him. As much as we wish it were him, it's not him. Hey, Rome, all the Bengals' social media team needed to do after deleting that pick was followed up with, anyway, what's popping, Twitter? And all is forgotten and forgiven, yours, MJ's kid. Mike R. in Toronto. Funny story. Stucknut. Hey, Rome. Hey, Rome, remember when you tricked people into thinking that you took shots of ranch dressing? Yeah, I mean, that really happened too, but that's, that, who cares? I mean, that's neither here nor there. That was very 1996 of me. I'm saying I ate the habanero. I want credit for that. I don't need credit for shooting ranch dressing. You sure as hell better give me credit for that habanero, man. That thing was hot, hot. Look it up. I think it's documented as the second hottest pepper. 
Romer. When James Kelly comes in, let's put him in check right off the bat. That talk of the JN will not be tolerated. I mean, let's let him have his fun with this other bullcrap. But let's keep the JN out his mouth. Andy in Portland. This is interesting. Hey, Tommy, let me talk to you real quick. You're the EP. I want you to weigh in on this. We know there's a moratorium on the Jardians Nation, right? Yeah, you've got this rogue known as James Kelly, who obviously thinks that the rules do not apply to him. Shouldn't we run him inevitably? And Kelly, before you answer, Tom, Kelly, think about this. I know you've spent hours working that segment. I know you badly want to do well, and I know how much pride you take in it. But, dude, I also know you can't help yourself. Tom, you're the EP. If this guy comes with a JN blast, do we not run him during his segment? Does that mean run him and the segment's over? Or does that yes. just mean? That's what wow. that means. Right. I mean, Deprive we're hypocrites if we don't. We are hypocrites if we don't, right? Even if the JTP loves the JN, I've brought a moratorium on the JN. Even if I want to hear the jokes. Yes, yes, we need to. You we, want to hear the jokes. We need so, to enforce so, you're, the so now you're him. Dude, he didn't graduate sixth grade, and you graduated Columbia. The two of you should have nothing in common, much less a sense of humor. We actually have a lot in common. What do you have in common? Well, we both absolutely in love with football to an unhealthy level. It's pretty much the biggest thing. Good answer. Well played, dude. See, he would have answered it like he would have just said the first thing that popped into his big fat head. You actually were political about that. What do we do? I mean, that's you got to admit, the optics are bad. We're hypocrites. Because the optics this, are this, terrible. The jokes are funny, but the optics are terrible. This, this dude, I'm telling you, he's going to do it. He's going to oh, do it. It's like sure. me saying, it's like Everett saying, I bet you don't say it again. I bet I do. Bam, the table rolls. Wind I'm telling drop. you, James Kelly, th- there is a ban on the JN. Don't do it, dude, or I will roll your ass and the segment will be over and all that work will be wasted. I mean, I know he's locked and loaded and I want to hear the jokes, but you're Run right. Run his ass down. Right. We have standards here and the standard is the standard. The standard is the standard, man. It doesn't apply to everybody except you, James Kelly. I got a bet. Since we're talking about betting with James Kelly, why don't we all make a bet right now as to whether or not he tries me and tests me? It's a yes for me. It's a 100% yes. All right. Thank you very much for your input. You're the EP, dude. You got to come down. You got to come stronger than that. You got bam, man. No, you got to run that guy's ass. I know you guys are boys. Yeah, I love the guy too. But James... This guy makes a very good point. Andy in Portland. Draw the line right now. We'll let you have your fun. I know I can't stop you from resetting the same tired Ian Poulter gag and Wendy Williams, but I did drop a moratorium on the JN. So why does that moratorium apply to everybody except you, James? That makes no sense. Dude. Dude, don't try me. Don't do it. I don't care how many clones right now are saying, do it, dude, do it. Do it. Do it. You can do it. You absolutely can do it. I will run your ass. I'm telling you, I will. All that work, you've put in hours for that segment. And you should. You're prideful. So, as we get ready for the next segment, James, I ain't playing. You know how you know I ain't playing? I'm using the word ain't. I've come down to your level. Play your little games. Hit Alvy up for your little sound drops. 
Thank you, Alan. Do not, Alan, keep the JN out your mouth or I will run you, dude. We will end that segment and then I will or I will not give my picks. Don't do it, dude. Don't do it. Show me some discipline. Show me that you understand that there's even a line for you, bruh. Winthrop. I'll allow that. All right. When we come back, we'll find out. It's either going to be a good, long, big head bets going to the weekend segment. I know you, dude. You'll get cute. You'll throw it in at the very end. You're getting run whenever it happens because I think we know what's going to happen. Don't get cute, dude. Don't make me look bad. Here is your sports update. Here it Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Clones again, not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trappers, original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy and peppered, all come in four-ounce bags. So you can sample different flavors to find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? So before I go to Big Head Bets, here's some reaction. Stucknut, quote, over under on how long at Big Head Bets segment lasts today. Two and a half minutes. Abigail, quote, you better don't, but I so hope you do. Don't forget my donuts. Signed the Jardians lady. Abby, this is my whole point. We're not doing that. We're not making those jokes. We're not doing that. It's not funny. It's not appropriate. I'm not here for it. Rich Kane, quote, if Big Head crosses that particular line, he must be run. That lackey cannot be permitted to undermine the Hall of Fame host. Well, not only that, but I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a Hall of Fame hypocrite and tell you you can't do something and then have one of my own do it. 12 Wood writes, that JN stuff is old and tired. Can we just drop it for real? Signed, not any of your listeners. For real. This guy writes, come on, Jim. Let the big head cook. This guy is a national treasure. We need to hear his excellent breakdown of the biggest games of the weekend, and we need to hear his take on the Jards Nation. Ian and the Natty wore big head bets. We'll break down some of the bigger games, and then some lesser games that he thinks he can win. But nothing about the JN. At least he better not. Dude, I've warned you. All right, head. I don't want to belabor this. You know. You know the rule. You know the line. While gambling is an absolute blast, it's also an absolute kick in the stick, which is why we never, ever pile on each other, ever, over wins and losses. Even when we pick against each other, we never talk junk to each other because we know how hard it is. That said, you want to talk about a kick in the stick head. The Bengals suffered potentially the biggest one of all when Joe Burrow went down. But from your standpoint... That could not have gone much worse when actually it was looking so good. You had the two plays last night. You had Bengals plus three and a half and a prop bet involving Mark Andrews. So what happens? The Ravens go right down the field. 
Andrews puts up big numbers on that drive. The bet looks great. And at the same time, Cincinnati was up 10-7. You were looking good on both. Andrews wrecks his ankle. Burrow goes down. You lose both. This gambling game is hard, dog. What are you, dead? I'm right here right now. It's very hard, Jim. Thank you. The yes. game is hard, dog. Thanks for Just being crying. there, dude. Yep, Thanks for showing right up. Right now. All right, no worries. Hey, I know you sound rattled. I know you sound like a kid. I just took away your, your lollipop or your toy or whatever. Yep. We're going to play anyway. Ugh. All right, well, you need, we need a bounce back Friday. Let's get it. Are you ready, man? Get right. Hell yes, let's do this. All right, let's start with one of the best stories in the NFL, the Texans. They're coming off a huge win against the Bengals, and they're going up against a suddenly rejuvenated Arizona Cardinal team because Kyler Murray is back, and I thought he looked pretty damn good last week, given that was his first game after shredding his knee back last year. What's the number? How are you playing that one? What a difference a year makes. Last season, the Texans had the worst offense in football. Over the last three games, only San Francisco and Dallas have averaged more yards per play than Houston has. I'm taking the Texans and laying the four and a half points. Arizona's strength pre-Call of Duty Kyler's return was running the football. They currently rank third in the NFL in yards per carry, but that's what D'Amico Ryan's defense does best to stop the run. They rank third themselves in yards per carry. Also, Kyler cannot play defense, and last week, Arizona was able to stand in against Atlanta because of the fail clown's inability to throw the football downfield at all. C.J. can stretch the field. His offense leads the NFL in pass plays of over 20 yards, and he will be going up against a defense that ranks 28th in scoring. Let's be careful, though, Texan fans, about looking ahead to Jacksonville next week. Take care of this. After all, we did lose to our Carolina Texans minus four and a half. I like it. So much to like about the Texans right here, starting with that rookie sensation and MVP candidate, C.J. Stroud. I'm expecting another big game from him. Going up against an Arizona D head that has allowed 20 or more points in the last seven games. Also, Devin Singletary had got off last week, toting the rock. Another good sign. The Cards are 1-4 against the spread in road games this year. And the Texans are thinking playoffs. Arizona gets a shot in the arm from Kyler. But we're talking about a huge jungle team here. The jungle karma is flowing freely. I see you, jungle legend. Nick Casario, I'm more than happy to lay the points. I'm with you. Texas, minus 4.5. Cowboys at Carolina. The Panthers are coming off a Thursday night game. They'll have a little extra time to rest, recover, and prepare. It still won't matter. They don't do anything well. There's a reason why they have only one win. The Cowboys suddenly waking up and feeling dangerous. Well, until they run into anybody who matters. But they're not this week against Carolina. How fat is that number? The spread is Dallas minus 10.5. I'm laying the points and riding with the Cowboys here. The last three weeks, Big Mike's offense has been the most explosive in the NFL. They are averaging 477 yards per game and 38.3 points over that time span. My guess is the number is only 10.5 because the Panthers' defense has played well since their bye week. They've allowed only 18.7 points, and only the Jets have allowed fewer yards since that Week 7 bye. That team right there, right. Allen. Yes. Thank you, Allen. Thank you, Allen. And um, just like that Jets offense, though, the Panthers' defense, our offense is a disaster. Frank Reich is uh, taking play-calling duties back. Desperate much, Frank, right there. Now, the Cowboys can stop themselves. They have no sh- uh, they have no show twice this season, both times on the road. They have no sh- <laughs> Once went, against the You ass- almost went L. Rob there, dude. 
I know, right? Once against the ass Arizona Cardinals, and of course, Big Mike's team is the most penalized team in football, shocker. But ATS, Dallas is covering 66% of their games, and the Carolina Panthers are the worst team in football in reality, and ATS, they are 1-6-2 and two this season. That's a 14.3% cover rate. Cowboys minus 10.5. I agree. You are what your record says you are, and their record says they are the worst team in football. Bryce Young is str- struggling. That line cannot protect him. In fact, that line is liable to get this guy killed this weekend. Mm -hmm. Laying double digits on the road is never ideal. But given that we're talking about the Panthers here, I've got no problem doing it. I'm going to ride with you. Cowboys minus 10.5. Steelers at Cleveland. Not to be too cliche, but when these two get together, you can throw their records out. Speaking of which, how the hell are they both 6-3? I don't know. How the hell are they both 6-3? The creep is out for the season, but they do have a great defense to fall back on. And the Steelers, what can I say, Head? They just find a way to get it done. It doesn't matter how it looks. They just find a way to get it done. What is the number? How are you playing that one? Man, freaking Cleveland. The one game Cosby doesn't play like idiot face. Disaster strikes for the Cleveland Browns. Cosby, dude, right? That guy, Cosby. Yeah, no, I understood the joke, dude. Two years, ninety. I I didn't ask you to explain what you meant by Cosby. I understood it. I just can't believe you went there. Okay, so since Cosby's out, the the line. And I heard you the first five times. Go ahead. Minus four to now, minus one and a half for Cleveland. Hmm. I'll take Pittsburgh and the point and a half. DTR will make his second career start for the Browns. He should be able to move the ball. Everyone seems to do that against this Pittsburgh defense. They give up 379 yards per game. That's the worst of Mike Tomlin's tenure. But here's the key. They rank first with Jacksonville in takeaways per game, and DTR did throw three interceptions in his first career start against Baltimore. Of course, Tiny Hands and Matthew Nova Scotia have to win their turnover battle against a damn good non-Joe Woods Browns defense. You hate Joe Woods, don't you? I just hate Joe Woods, yes. Just not good. Dude, he hasn't been there in quite some time. You got Jim Schwartz. You're good, right? I know. I get one year to keep coming at the guy, right? Well, it's like like a wedding. Like you have an entire year to buy a present. You've got one year to keep coming at Joe Woods. That's fair, right? Not really, no, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, Point being, nobody is better in the turnover margin game in the NFL than Pittsburgh. ATS, Browns are 2-0 this season as a home favorite, but Mike Tomlin has hit on 59% of his game since 2006 as an away dog. Pittsburgh Steelers plus one and a half. You know, I kind of like that too. Tough game to pick, even with the creep going down because Jim Schwartz has gone complete wizard with that Browns D. That's the only reason I'm not saying that their season ended the second the creep got ended. As for Pittsburgh, I don't know how they're doing it, dude. I just don't. I'm watching them every single week. I don't know how. They're the first team to be outgained in each of their first nine games and still have a winning record. Make that make sense because I can't. Their point differential is minus 26 on the season. I know. Crazy, right? Let me break out a horse racing analogy Mm -hmm. because we have not done that in quite some time. Mm -hmm. We used to talk about the big mare, Misdirection. She knew where the wire was. She did. She just did enough to win. She knew where the wire was. The Steelers know where the wire is. I will also take Pittsburgh plus one and a half. Jags v. Titans. Jags got hammered by the Niners. They're looking for a big bounce back game. What's the number? How you playing it? I know the Jags had won five straight before that beat down be Sam Fran. I just don't buy Mrs. Ursay's Jags being a He's legit Lombardi contender. You can't this year. have a newcomer come in. Yeah, and your steal team's not the in. Steal the show. <laughs> yeah. Their point differential is on the season is uh, plus six, which is not mm. good at all. However, I do buy them beating uh, a Titans team and covering the seven here. 
The Jags' offense lacks explosion in the passing game, but against a Titans defense that struggles to create pressure, I'm hoping Trevor Lawrence can finally push the ball downfield. I'm really betting on Lawrence here over Will Levis, too. Levis is filling the heat with that uh, backside polter of a line he has in front of him. He's been pressured 42 times over the last two weeks. That's 42 times, Poulter. Thank you. Beautiful. The turnover battle will be interesting. The Titans do not force turnovers. Well, that was a fresh Poulter reset. Haven't heard that in a while. It's gassy line. That equals Poulter, as we know, right? Wrong. I could do Molinari if you want that one back. No, right. I'm good. Okay. you got about 30 seconds. Okay, uh, Jacksonville ranks uh, first. Uh, Ian Pittsburgh. Poulter, uh, yeah. Wendy Williams. Uh, <laughs> Don't fumble the oh, damn ball, Wendy Jags. minus one and a half. Uh, uh. ATS, the worry here, Mike Vrabel is 24-12. and 12. ATS is an underdog of three or more points, uh, but I'm riding with the Jags minus seven. Here's what I'll do, Head. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say my pick. You've been on fairly good behavior. Mm-hmm. I have an interview next. I know you want to start your weekend. Ah, you can't. Wait until next hour, and we'll finish the segment. I want it to jump the hour so we can finish what I we could started. I just right? say something right now and start my weekend, but okay, I'll wait. Don't. Don't. All right, we're coming back. Hour number three, straight ahead. I've got Sheldon Rankins first. Then the big head now will finish that segment. Then Alvin will have the week that was. Then we'll have an ATP. And I've got room for your call. Stay tuned.